podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast, home of the most correct 49ers takes. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host. Daniel Bigelow. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, we are glad to be back with you guys after a couple of weeks from our premiere episode. Excited to get into a nice rhythm talking about the 49ers this offseason. And we've had a couple big things have happened in the world of the 49ers in the last two weeks. So we're going to start off just brushing up a little bit on those. Perhaps most important, 49ers rookie camp and voluntary offseason workouts have started. So we've gotten to see some guys in the red and gold. And I have to say, I love Trey Lance already. He just looks so happy. He was all smiles. He's letting that smile show. I enjoyed seeing uh, Trey Sermon getting some work. I enjoyed just seeing him in a Niners uniform. Um, the start of the draft, I was like, hi, it'd be kind of fun if they got Trey Sermon. And they did. And yeah. it's cool. We got to see George Kittle's magnificent beard. Oh, my gosh. Noted earlier, and he looked like a Viking. He looked like a Viking, man. And if there's any character that – if there's any – uh, NFL player that his his demeanor his personality would fit in as a Viking other than Jason Kelsey the center for the Eagles I think George Kittle has got it yeah he probably does he's the uh he's the working man's tight end he's not all you know fancy like Travis Kelsey with his groomed beard and stuff George Kittle's a little more focused on the football and we also saw Jimmy Garoppolo also sporting a beard with the glorious jawline he had a beard as well walking in he and george looked like they're having a good time it'll be interesting to say, see those guys really are good friends have he really does have one of the most beautiful jawlines in this country in this world it's gonna be sad to see him not be the 49ers quarterback at some point when trey lance takes over when we have to say goodbye to that jawline and say goodbye to the bromance between him and george kittle which the 49ers love to post about on instagram we know that will continue yeah in a different way i hope so I hope so. I'm trying to, do we have any other breaking news? The 40, oh, the 49ers sure signed, what? We sure do. Yeah. The 49ers, say one of them. I will say one of them. The 49ers signed wide receiver Marquise Lee. Daniel, how does Marquise Lee fit in to this 49ers receiving core? Welcome to the team, Marquise Lee. Um, you know, I hope he fits in in a big way. Do I expect him to? No. <laughs> I think the question for Marquise Lee first is, can he truly make the roster? And that's not necessarily a dig at Marquise Lee. He opted out last year and he did not play. Um, and so I'm sure he was doing stuff on his own, but our wide receivers definitely don't have tons of depth, at least in terms of the veteran experience. Obviously we've got Debo and Ayuk as the, the one and two um, Niners fans. If you don't know my beloved favorite Trent Taylor signed with the Bengals uh, in the last week or two. Yeah. And while I'm excited for him and his new start, man, I love Trent Taylor and I was happy he was with us. Hopefully we'll get our first season with a healthy Jalen Hurd. Yeah. And I've been I'm a Jalen Hurd and a Trent Taylor that. truther for years, been all over those guys in fantasy football. It's like, they're going to be great. They're going to be great. They just never lived up. Yeah. He's he still got some time, but man, he has really, really been injured. And so we're hoping that we can see um, a little bit of, of strength and longevity from him. But to answer your Marquise Lee question, I don't have high expectations from him for him at all. And I'm doing that to see if, if he does something big, that's awesome. But I'm certainly not expecting him to come in and, and be a huge part of it. 
Do you uh, expect to see him on the 53-man roster? I'd be kind of surprised if he didn't make the 53-man roster. I think that, you know, a, a football team needs a lot of receivers, and I really just don't think we have too many, um, especially with his veteran experience. Um, another signee, I'll steal this one from you, but you can chat on it, is huh? Muhammad Sanu is back. Um, so it'll. I expect Marquise Lee to make it before Muhammad Sanu, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Because but... of Muhammad Sanu bouncing around. You've got to think about Muhammad Sanu's ability as a trick play quarterback. Probably one of the best <laughs> trick play quarterbacks the past five years of the NFL in Muhammad Sanu. When you and, said Muhammad Sanu's ability, my brain went, where is he going to go with this? <laughs> that was good. That was good. People forget there was a time where Muhammad Sanu was, it was Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu. And that leads us into our next breaking news of the week. Julio Jones, the Atlanta Falcons, rumors are saying they want him gone. Rumors are saying they're going to trade him. And when you have somebody like Julio Jones on the block, Every team has to take a second, take a look, especially when your head coach was Julio's former offensive coordinator. And so we I've want seen, him. Yeah. And we want him. I've seen things all over saying the 49ers are a top potential destination for Julio. Um, is there any reason not to want Julio? I'm with you. I think I would no. love to have Julio Jones. There's no reason that any team would not want Julio Jones, especially I have seen – Um some speculation about what would need to be given up to get him. And I have seen plenty of um, mocked offers, so to speak, where there's not a single first round included. And so the only bummer for the Niners trying to get Julio Jones, if they do so, if they even make an attempt is we have no first round picks for the next three years. Correct. Yeah. No firsts for the, or for the next two years. Picks two. So we're certainly wanting to hold on to – that's right. One of the picks was this last draft. Yeah. Um, we're certainly wanting to hold on to our second rounds so we can have something. Um, but I think I saw – the best offer I saw was a second and a third round. Yeah. For Julio Jones. Because he, he is up there. I, think, I want to say he's 32, 33. Yeah, uh, I think 33. Let me check. So I would love – Nothing more than the first to get Julio Jones, but I also don't love the idea of giving up one of our second rounds and then only having not having a pick until the third round for the Niners. But, you know, I also think that they're they're not necessarily they're not in a win now mode. They could win, but it's not you know, they're not risking it all for this year or for the next two years. Yeah, I think now. How long is 32? Yeah. How long is he? I'm going to check how long he's under contract for because that I think is fairly important. But Julio Jones, the best receiver of the past five to 10 years. I mean, he's an incredible athlete. He He's 32. That's still right in the wide, the prime wide receiver age. He has not lost a step from anything that I've seen. He will be a free agent in 2024. So that's, that's worth moving for to have him for the next couple of years. Yeah. I saw... You know, the move I saw that made the most sense was a trade, potentially including Raheem Mostert. Um, I wouldn't love it, but the Falcons, the Falcons need a running back. I don't know if they want to roll with Mike Davis, Mike although Davis? he was a good Christian McCaffrey fill-in and probably won you a fantasy championship if you had him. But they're not going to want to roll with him long term. I think I would not like to move Mostert, but Mostert is older. The 49ers have running back depth. Maybe somebody like Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell, if he lives up, even Jeff Wilson with 
Kyle Shanahan has proven that he can make any running back a success in his offense. And I, I would not, I would not trade Raheem Mostert for most players, but if Julio Jones could be a part of the deal, I would make him a part of the conversation. And I think that's, that's worth thinking about. And it would save the Falcons a lot in terms of cap hit, which, which they need if they want to bring in a few more guys to make a run. I know I've heard Falcons new head coach, Arthur Smith has gotten a lot of buzz as a potential coach of the year candidate, which is why I'm surprised that he wants to trade possibly the best player in franchise history for his team. But I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So Julio Jones to the 49ers is something to keep an eye on. Obviously we want it to happen. Um, but don't forget that this is the team that called and asked about Tom Brady called and asked about Aaron Rodgers. Like this is a team that if someone's superstar is on the block, they're not going to leave that stone unturned. So I would expect to hear some buzz at the very least that John Lynch is getting on the phone and maybe Jed York will throw out some cryptic tweets about it and we'll see what happens. Timmy, you had said potentially the best player in franchise history. So Julio Jones for the Atlanta Falcons. And I immediately was thinking in my brain, is he the best player in franchise history for them? And my brain first went to Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. I checked it, and Gonzalez was only with the Falcons for four years. So I think Julio's got him beat in some stats and longevity with the team. So that was just my first thought. I think – I hate to say this, but, well, there's two names that you have to say for all time, and they're both quarterbacks. You can't not say Michael Vick. And you can't not say Matt Ryan. And I feel like there's somebody else who is on. Oh, and Dion. So yeah, you can't say he's the best. He's not the he's not the best of all time, but he's got to be. I mean, he's top five for the Falcons. Easy. The fact that Matt Ryan is on the list is kind of. What's the right word? It's kind of like is he? But then it's like, well, he won an MVP. He's been. He did man. Been a perennially like solid, bordering on elite quarterback for most of his NFL career. It's hard not to. Not to yeah, come and. To go to, to comment on your you seeing the Mostert trade, I would be bummed to see Mostert go, obviously. I'd be a little worried about our backfield, seeing that there's no guy that has been a starter. Jeff Wilson has shown he can do it in Mostert's absence. Trey Sermon, I think, will we'll get a lot of work and fit in nicely, even with Mostert there. But just throwing them in doesn't make me feel good at the start. <clears throat> you're forgetting one more guy we have in our backfield, which is uh, Jalen Hurd. He's ready. Jalen Hurd played running back and wide receiver in college to the listeners. Um, <laughs> he's an elite athlete, and I'm sure Shanahan sees him as a running back as well. I, I love Jalen Hurd. I just want to see him get so much playing time, and I want to be so mad that I cut him from my dynasty team after holding him for like two seasons. And I just I – I don't know that much about Jalen Hurd, but he's one of those guys I just like picked – to be my, this guy's going to be great someday guy. And so he's going to be great someday. I would just, I would be surprised if the Falcons said, Hey, let's trade 33 year old Julio Jones for 28 year old Raheem Mostert and change. And quite frankly, in terms of positional age, 28 year old running back is probably older than 32 year old wide receiver in terms of NFL career left. And Raheem Mostert's an exception because he's not – he didn't really take over a starting workload until he was older. He's not the traditional workhorse back. He's a different type of runner, but he's been injury prone. I mean, he's, he's struggled with injuries mm-hmm. due to the way he runs. And I think – I mean, a 28-year-old running back is nearing the end of his prime. 
a 32 year old wide receiver right in his prime still. Yeah. Especially when you're as big and healthy as Julio Jones. I mean, all these guys are healthy, but Julio is a monster. So I feel like that's got to give him some sort of edge, but I would say they're right about in the same area. I think for, for a guy like Julio, you can give him an extra year or two. Um, Yeah. Now Julio does come with a $23 million cap hit this season. If he were to come to the Niners. And we haven't been able to, we, you know, we resigned to Trent Williams. I did not think we were going to, um, and we haven't resigned Sherman because of money. So getting Julio doesn't seem money wise. Like it makes sense. Yeah. More like even possible. Part of me doesn't really care if it makes sense. I just want it to happen. That's true. We'd have to move somebody with a bigger con with a bigger cap hit than most are to make that happen. You mentioned yeah. Trent Williams, which I think leads us in a perfect segue to maybe walk past the breaking news of this week into really the meat of today's episode, which is going to be, we're going to talk about the 49ers offseason besides the draft. Daniel and I have each picked a favorite and least favorite offseason move. So we're each going to take those. And then we might talk about a couple other contenders, a couple other things to make sure you know, as we're heading out of the off or out of the first part of the off season and into the really fun part of the off season, which is practices and training camp. Daniel, you want to start with your favorite move of the 49ers off season? I do. I do. I do. And it is Trent Williams. I'm taking the biggest name there was in free agency. And he is my favorite because he's with us again. And I love the fact that the Niners did what they had to do to make it work to get Trent Williams. Kyle loves him. We all love him. Arguably the best left tackle in the game right now. Hands down, one of the best offensive linemen in the last 10 years. I mean, there was so much trade talk for years when he was with Washington because they were going nowhere and he was everything. And so I'm so happy, whether it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance or Josh Rosen, I don't care. I mean, I do, but... I'm just excited that Trent Williams is there to protect whoever is going to be throwing the ball for us. I think it was a genius move. Gave him a lot of money yeah, and he deserves it. And I get it. And I love it. I'm glad he's there to protect. And I love that. Uh, Timmy, you mentioned when we were talking earlier that we got stole him from the chiefs because they gave him a nice offer. And I, my heart would be broken if Man. we did not get Trent Williams and he went to, and he the went to Chiefs, protect Pat Mahomes who already had granted the chiefs did lose two really good offensive linemen. They did get two others. I believe this off season, They're, they brought in Orlando Brown, I believe instead to take over after they failed to get Trent. Yeah. He's like the second best left tackle. So, or one of them. Yeah. For sure. So they're doing okay, but I am just happy. He is here to stay. And to speak to what you said about a lot of money, the full deal was six years, 138.6 million, 40.1 million guaranteed. And I don't remember if you saw this, Daniel, but I think it was David Bakhtiari of the Packers tweeted out, I'm doing some math real quick, but it was like Trent negotiated the deal to be like 1.1, like $100,000 a year more than, um, than David Bakhtiari was getting paid. Yeah, it was like David Bakhtiari gets like 23 million a year and Trent negotiated this to get 23.01 or something like that so that he could be the highest paid left tackle. All time, right? Of all time, I think, yeah. And just in the league. I think anyone in the league currently, I'd say, is probably the highest paid of their position of all time just because salaries have gone up 
like crazy over the salaries go up over time. But I just love, I kind of want my left tackle to be like, no, 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 no. I'm the best. Like that's a position where you want the guy to look up at whoever's lining up across from them and be like, I am the best. Like you are not going to beat me here. I want, when we play the Rams, I want Aaron Donald to slide over just one position to the outside so we can see them go at it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It, it would be a silly decision by the Rams, be. but I'd <laughs> love to see I want to see many times. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Trent Williams? I agree. I think it's probably my favorite move of the offseason as well. Um, the fact that we grabbed him for the Chiefs is amazing. The fact that we brought him in at all two years ago, I mean, to go from Joe Staley on the offensive line to Trent Williams on the offensive line at left the left tackle spot, I mean, that's one of the most underrated what's the word positional dominance in NFL history to have we're on track to have 20 straight years of top three left tackle play in the NFL. And that's something that cannot be understated. And Trent Williams, I mean, he is, yeah, I can. And obviously, I mean, after the blind side came out, I think everyone kind of understands the value of the left tackle position, but it's not, if you're going to pay record setting prices for a position, and it's not a quarterback, you probably want it to be left tackle. And yeah. that, I think, Daniel, do you have any other thoughts before I move on to my favorite signing of the offseason? Nope, I want to hear your favorite. Perfect. I'm going to stay on the offensive line. We talked a little bit about that this last week, but center Alex Mack that we brought in from the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Daniel, you talked about this last time. He was the center on the NFL's all-decade team for the 2010s. And center has been a spot the 49ers have struggled with with injuries. We've played some journeyman guys in it over the past couple of years. They've been great. But having somebody like Alex Mack, who has run Kyle Shanahan's offense back when he was with the Falcons, to be able to come in and lead this offensive line that has phenomenal players. And now we have one of the best to ever do it as the quarterback of the offensive line. As people, I've heard people referring to the center. I don't know why the quarterback isn't the quarterback of the offensive line, but it's common conversation for another time but I think Alex Mack is one of the best additions we brought him in for three years 14.85 million 5.6 million guaranteed it's a good deal it's nothing that breaks the bank and we locked up one of the most important positions on the offensive line with one of the best guys there is and I won't dive into it too much because we talked about Mack a little more on the last episode but do you have any quick thoughts on Alex Mack I know I talked him up last episode, so I don't think there's too much more to add, but I'm excited that we got him um, for what we did. I don't feel like we had to give up a crazy amount to get him. And so that's what makes me feel good about having him and Trent Williams um, going after them both. I think usually would cost us a lot. And so I was excited to, to get him for what we did. Um, I'm looking up. I wanted to see how old Alex Mack was because I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Probably in his thirties. Thirty-five. Okay. So that is why we got him a little cheaper because he's just going to finish out his career, I assume, with the Niners. And so having Plenty Mack of offensive million... linemen have shown the ability to play late into their thirties. Who's the um? Gosh, I'm blanking on his name. The Rams' left tackle, who's Andrew Whitworth. He's yeah. almost forty now, and he's still one of the better players at his position. It's crazy. Jason Peters is up there too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, well, yeah. Glad he's here. 
And then just to give, I'm going to hit one more favorite just because we talked about Mac last week, which was I love that the 49ers re-signed Jason Verrett to a one-year $5.5 million deal. Verrett struggled with injuries. The Niners brought him in. They let him stay on the team while he was injured, which I think was one of the best decisions we've made. And last season, it paid off. He was one of the best corners on the team, one of the better corners in the NFL. Um, he was one of the best corners in the NFL before he started to struggle with injuries. And he, he looked like that again, and which was phenomenal. And bringing him back in on a $5.5 million deal takes advantage, I think, of worries around his health. And quite frankly, the Niners, the Niners have seen his health more than anyone else over the past couple of years. So if they are confident enough to bring him in, I'm, I'm not worried. I'm obviously aware that he has is probably an injury risk, but I'm, I'm confident that the 49ers knew what they were doing when they re-signed him. And I just love bringing a guy like that in for one more year on a lower price. I thought it was going to cost more to bring him in, but maybe, maybe if he plays like he did last season for another full year this year, then it's going to cost a lot to keep him, but we were able to take advantage of some doubts around his health to keep this guy on the roster. And he has the ability to be like a true star corner on the NFL, which every team in the NFL, which really every team needs. So I'm excited to see him, potentially lead the 49ers cornerback room. And I think that segues into our least favorites pretty well, Daniel, because I'm not sure you're as excited as I am to see Jason Verrett lead the 49ers cornerback room. So you want to talk about that? Yeah, I am very excited that Verrett is back. Do not hear me say otherwise. I am just worried. Our secondary for years has been the thing that worries me as a Niners fan. And we re-signed Kwon Williams, Emmanuel Mosley, some of the guys that uh, were kind of like the B-team cornerbacks behind Sherman and Verrett. And with Verrett's uh, injury history and his kind of comeback, he didn't step away. He just battled injuries for a long time. And so to me, it's, it's a small comeback in his career. I don't feel good about him being the lead cornerback. I feel like that is a lot to put on a guy who has had all the injuries he has had. And I think it leaves us in a funky spot. If I don't want to say when he goes down, but I won't be surprised when he battles with some sort of injury just because of his history. So I certainly don't feel good about making our lead cornerback, a guy who has struggled with injuries, but he was great when he was healthy this last year. I just think it's a lot of, a lot of marbles to put in one basket in this situation. And, you know, it's hard going from having Sherman and Verrett to just Verrett in the top two. And so maybe I'm just mourning the loss of Sherman. It might not be a true loss. There's still speculation that he can come with us. Um, I'm still holding out hope he comes back. You know, it's it's getting close, man. And he hasn't signed. I think the other teams were maybe reuniting with the Seahawks. And, oh, I, I would hate that. I want to say the Raiders and Saints might have been the other two. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, I uh, would love for him to be a Niner again, and I just would love to see Jason Verrett not have to bear that expectation or workload of being the number one shutdown corner. Um, yeah. So your concerns I do love are more signing Jason Verrett. Yeah. So your concern is more of his health rather than like, if he's healthy, you're good with him being the guy. You're just concerned about him staying healthy. Yeah. And it's worth noting that, like I say, he was healthy last season. That's, I guess, relative to how he had been for like the three previous season. He still missed a few of the first games and then he kind of established himself as somebody who could stay on the field, but it's still, I, I totally agree. If he, 
there's a solid chance that he does not play six, I'm 17 games now. Um, it's going to be weird to get used to, but it's totally likely that he does not make it. And I, I agree. And we might need more depth. Um, my, um, you good. If I jump to my least favorite signing of the off season, my least favorite move, my least favorite move, this might, might give me some hate, but I'll explain it. And hopefully that explains it. Well, I, do not like how the 49ers handled their quarterback room this offseason. And I'm going to preface that by saying, with the exception of drafting Trey Lance, which I love, I think it was a great move. I love that Shanahan saw his guy and we went out and we got him. And I'm just fully on board with the Trey Lance train. And I'm ex- so excited for him to be the guy for the next 20 years. But I'm very, very annoyed with how the 49ers handled a lot of other things in their off in their offseason with the quarterback room. We re-signed Josh Rosen to a one-year deal. I like Rosen. I am a UCLA grad. I'm a UCLA alum. I'm a UCLA guy. But even when I was at UCLA, I knew that Rosen had I was never the biggest Rosen fan. He's got a lot of ability. He's a good, he was always a great pocket passer. But I mean, he, he lacked drive was what he heard in a lot of places. And that seemed, I mean, it's, he's fizzled out in his first couple of years in the NFL, which is, I hope he lives somewhere and I hope he's great, but it's not going to be on the 49ers. So I don't really know what we brought him in for. And I don't know why we kept him if we were planning on going to get Trey Lance and the 49ers also brought in Josh Johnson. Um, Josh Johnson's been all over the league by all accounts, a super high character guy. Um, uh, my favorite Josh Johnson story is when he went in and played for the Washington football team, I think two seasons ago, and he played on like three days after joining the team. And it came out that that week he had been playing Madden to learn all of his teammates' names, which I actually think speaks really highly of his work ethic. Uh, Josh Johnson, I believe, was in the XFL or the AFL. One of the two. One of the two, yeah. And Daniel, you had some thoughts on the 49ers quarterbacks moves? I just wanted to add that the Niners also signed Nate Sudfield. That's right. Nate couple, Sudfield. Uh, I guess a month and a half ago. Yeah. Most famously known for being a part for being the tool the Eagles used to tank in the last game of the regular season last year. So I don't know why you would want a guy who's that is his most famous moment. And then what makes me the most mad about the 49ers quarterback moves this offseason is that we let Nick Mullins get away. We let CJ Beathard get away. Good. It was time. Um, Kyle Shanahan refused to admit that he was wrong about Beathard for years, but I'm glad that he's off the team. But Nick Mullins, um, greatest debut in the history of NFL quarterbacks when he destroyed the Raiders on Thursday Night Football. Statistically best NFL debut for a quarterback of all time. The man beat Brett Favre's records in college. I love Nick Mullins. Um, Nothing will ever be more iconic than getting verified on Twitter in the middle of a game. And he just brought me so much joy in the middle of a horrible 49ers season when he came in and beat the Raiders on Thursday Night Football. So Nick Mullins will always have a special place in my heart. And I just... He's still unsigned. And I refuse to believe that he would not have been as good, if not better, as a third string or second string quarterback, depending on where you view Trey Lance, than Josh Johnson, Josh Rosen, or Nate Sudfeld. And I don't know why you bring in three guys and then go draft a rookie. So I think what must have happened is they made some signings and then made the decision to go get Lance. But either way, apart from Lance, the 49ers bungled their offseason, their their offseason handling of the quarterback position. It should have been Nick Mullins staying with the team. Don't bring in anybody else. Draft Trey Lance. So I do not like how the 49ers handled that. 
that is my least favorite move of the offseason. I am curious to see where Nick Mullins goes. Nick Mullins definitely didn't show when he started games. He had a, he had a couple good ones, but certainly I would say less appealing ones than, than appealing, but still good enough to be a backup somewhere in the NFL. We're seeing, I mean, even with throw him to the Texans, don't know what Deshaun Watson's rest of his career is going to look like, but looks like they're going with Tyrod Taylor right now. He would be better than anyone the Texans have. I think, I think Nick Mullins, I think in 15 years, we'll look back on Nick Mullins similar to a Ryan Fitzpatrick type where it's like he had games where he just went out and was electric where like you watched and like the Raiders game. And I think he might have others where you're like, this guy is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I love him to death. And then he has games where he goes out and he throws four picks. And it wouldn't shock me if at some point, some team like the Washington football team is doing with Fitzpatrick right now is like, you know what? Let's spend a bunch of money everywhere else and let's make Nick Mullins our guy. So that's my, that's my Nick Mullins prediction is that in like 10, 15 years, we look at him a little like Ryan Fitzpatrick where we're like, this guy was good enough to when he was at his best, win you games. And he was bad enough to when he was at his worst, lose you games, but he was always fun to watch. And that's kind of where I see Mullins a sweet nickname, like Fitz magic. And then maybe he'll do that. Slick Nick or there was something the 49ers Twitter had something with him once during like a preseason game. I was at a 49ers preseason game that Nick Mullins played. And I remember thinking like, this guy's never going to make the roster. And then like six months later, I was like, this is my favorite player on the 49ers. We need so, him to grow a mullet. Then we can do something with Mullins and mullet. That's, that's true. He needs, he needs like either a crazy beard or some crazy hair to really establish himself. Um, all right. Let's move on to our last section of the show. Unless I don't know if you have any other parting off season thoughts. Yeah. Last section of the show. We're going to do this over the next few episodes. We're going to break down the 49ers schedule. We're going to go through four weeks at a time. Although that math doesn't add up with 17 games, but we'll figure it out. Talk about maybe what's going on with these other teams real fast, how we see the Niners doing. Um, hopefully we don't predict a 17 and 0 season, but if we do, that's just, that's objectively what's going to happen. So that's fine. Yeah, so we're going to do that over the next few episodes. We're going to start with four games today. Daniel, week one, 49ers take on the Detroit Lions in Detroit. How's that game going to go? We get to play Jared Goff again. Yeah. I love playing Jared Goff. We get, to play, we get to play Jared Goff without one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. Yeah, right. Well, they do have Panay Sewell, so he, he certainly has some protection at least from one guy I know I don't think their O-line is crazy but I think I think they've definitely got some great characters on it I'm excited to open the season against Detroit um I don't think anyone is shocked when I predict that we will have a win but I also think that their defense is not solid and I think that we're going to win by at least two touchdowns and we're going to start the season with a bang um I'm excited to see our run game blow them up and then get some touchdowns early. And then I think I think our wide receivers and George Kittle are going to work in some some points as well. And I see that one being a big blowout. Um, I would love to see Jared Goff earn like a, you know a little bit of respect. I just don't see it happening week one. Yeah, I agree. I think Panay Sewell seems like he's going to be a great player. Um, but what better way to welcome the NFL than lining up Nick Bosa across from him as Nick Bosa is hungry to prove that he's back from his ACL tear. Oh, I, I like, 
the Lions' new head coach, Dan Campbell, I like the guy. He's an old school, like tough football coach. I think there's a chance he's actually going to be a good coach, but I'm not sure it's going to show week one. The Lions are not ready to compete with a, I think, a Super Bowl contending team in the 49ers. I think you're right. I think it's an easy win. I think we come out feeling good about the 49ers' chances this offseason. I think. Nick Bosa proves that he's healthy. I think you're right. I think it's probably a run game led win, but yeah. I don't think this game is going to be in doubt very much. No, it sure shouldn't be. Um, And I kind of, you know, definitely, I, I would still say no doubt moving on to week two at the Eagles. I think the Niners still got that one. Um, I don't even think the Eagles finished 500 last year. Yeah. I don't know if any team in their division did. Maybe no, I don't think any did. Yeah, I don't think any team did, and that's why I was so heated going into playoffs, where we have a division where not a single team was 500, but obviously the leader of the division goes to the playoffs. And it wasn't as I'm not upset with the structure of how that is. Like, of course, you've you've got your divisions, and the top team goes to the playoffs. That's how the world yeah. works. But how do we have a division? That has run so poorly all across the board. We're not a team is 500, but I could I could go on about that forever. Seriously, I'm excited for the Niners to have the two games they do week one and two. Um, I do think that the Eagles, uh, that the Niners should come away from Philadelphia with another win. I don't think I know that it won't be as easy as the Lions, um, but I do think that. Jalen Hurts still needs time to figure some things out. I think the Eagles have a lot of new additions, and I think that they might take some time to get going as the Niners, I think, are in a much better spot, have a lot more weapons. And, yeah, I just just don't think the Eagles are a good enough team to predict this being a very close one just yet. I agree. I think the 49ers come out 2-0. I think we come out not having – Really, I'll do either game be much what we're worried about. I think you're right. I don't think Jalen Hurts is ready. I think I actually think Jalen Hurts has a chance to be like I, I, I hope Jalen Hurts is a starter in the NFL for a long time. I'm excited to see Devonta Smith, but I don't think um I don't think the Eagles are walking away with a win for this one. Week three, this is the first big game. Sunday night football, opening season opener at Levi's Stadium. The 49ers take on the Green Bay Packers. What are your thoughts? The home opener. We love the home opener. And uh, what a team to play to open the season week three. I don't think we usually play the Packers this early in the season. Um, You know, I definitely am not as confident of this one. And just so you and I don't predict a 17-0 season, I'm going to go with predicting that the Packers walk away with this one. Yeah. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers – if, I mean, okay, if Aaron Rodgers is playing, which... We're 3-0. Oh, or if he's not playing, we're 3-0. If he's not playing, sure, absolutely. But I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to walk away, and if I don't see him being traded. So I'm I am moving forward in the football season with Aaron Rodgers being their starting quarterback until I'm literally shown otherwise. So I think Aaron Rodgers being unhappy with where he is, but still having the weapons that he does, you know, if he's playing, he's not going to not play. He's not going to not try. And Aaron Rodgers has always had that chip on his shoulder, his whole career about the Niners. Not comes out to San Francisco. He wants to win. Absolutely. You know, he could do that. He would, he would feel that same way, no matter 
what the team is, how unhappy he is in Green Bay. That's all he cares about when he plays the Niners is proving it to the Niners that they messed up not taking him. And, you know, he's beaten us before. I we will say been- the 49ers – have had a history of running all over the Green Bay Packers recently, whether it's Raheem Mostert in the playoffs, or if you go farther back to Colin Kaepernick in the playoffs, I just, I think if the run game can get going, if we can slow the game down, I, I think it's a game the 49ers can win the Aaron Rodgers. It's hard to predict this because there is so much buzz around Aaron Rodgers. I think I agree with you. I think he's back on the Packers this season and maybe somewhere else next season, but Aaron Rodgers, all time petty guy, wouldn't shock me if he try, keeps trying to force his way out, pulls a James Harden, and somehow gets out of there. Um, and if he does, it's another easy win for the 49ers, maybe the easiest. If Aaron Rodgers is not on this Packers team, this Packers team is a bottom three, bottom five team in the NFL, I think. I think they're well coached. I think they have a talented roster. But it's Aaron Rodgers that holds them together and that makes them a good team. Um, I think the 49ers can win if Aaron Rodgers. I think you're right. I think this could be the first loss of the 49ers season and that brings us in to the final game we're going to predict today week four 49ers take on also at Levi's Stadium the Seattle Seahawks the divisional rival the bane of our existence for the 2010 decade the early part of the 2010s and yeah Russell Wilson coming in leading probably a run heavy offense maybe they're still passing at this point but Reasonably good defense, not as good as they were 10 years ago, but hopefully Richard Sherman is on the 49ers, not the Seahawks. This one's going to be a tough one. The 49ers Seahawks games are always competitive. What are your thoughts? For some reason, I feel like the Niners usually beat the Seahawks when they're in Seattle and the Seahawks usually beat the Niners when they're in San Francisco. I feel like this matchup is usually one on the road, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe that doesn't date back to the Legion of Boom and the loudest 12th man in history. And this one's a toss up. Um, Seahawks look good. They are good. I think I've seen in a lot of predictions that a lot of everyone thinks that they're actually going to beat the Niners for the division, which, you know, I wouldn't be. If I was a different football fan, I might say the same thing or say 50 50. Interesting. Um, I think I'd say if the Niners aren't winning the NFC West, it's going to be the Rams. I just don't. We. I just don't know if I buy into the Rams taking off with Matthew Stafford there just yet. Um, they've struggled the last couple of years, and I just don't know if it's going to all be changed. But I, I will not be surprised if I am proven wrong in that. You know, yeah. I'm not doubting the Rams whatsoever. I do think that the Cardinals will be last in the division. Oh, for which sure. Is pretty crazy when you look at that team, but. I personally do think that the Seahawks and Niners will still be at the top, but maybe the Rams are like one game behind, if that. Yeah. Seahawks are a great team. They have a great coach, even though he likes to run the ball too much. I'm going to go, I'm going to go coming off. So in our predictions, I'm going to go coming off of a loss to the Packers. I'm going to say the Niners are extra fired up about this. They've had some time one week as usual to, prepare for this game to come out and I'm going to go the Niners win this one. And I'm going to go by a late field goal. Thank you, Robbie gold. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I worry a little bit about Russell Wilson because the 49ers of late have struggled against quarterbacks that can move and Russ can move. Um, I think you're right. I think the Seahawks, 
I think there's some dysfunction going on there. I think Russ really is unhappy with Pete Carroll. Um, I think you're right. I think it's a close game. These games always are. I think the 49ers walk out with a win. The 49ers coming out of week four are sitting three and one in our prediction. So before we sign off, here's the real question. We're going to do Trey watch. How are we looking at Trey Lance at this time? Is there any buzz that he should be taking over? Has he gotten in in any third down situations? Let's say Jimmy G is perfectly healthy. We're going to rule out injury. How are the 49ers fans looking at Trey Lance? Is there any buzz for him to take over at this point? Or are we, are we good with him sitting on the bench? I do not think there's any buzz for him to take over. Uh, not bearing injury yet. I think it's kind of the same thing as what we talked about last episode of he's going to sit and watch. And I'm not, I'm not saying that he's destined to be there all year, but I do not think quite yet, especially if the Niners are succeeding that he's going to come in and shake things up or change things around. I do expect Jimmy G to still be the starting quarterback, whether until it's, if he gets, gets injured or shows that it's time for Lance, but in my mind, Trey Lance is still going to do kind of the first year backup watch scenario, but again, not locking him to it, but that's where I think the expectation is. I'm with you. I think week four, I think we're, I think fans, I think the team is perfectly happy with Jimmy being the guy. I think three and one Trey is sitting on the bench. Maybe he's gotten in, in like one or two short yardage, third down situations to run a read option or something like that. That wouldn't shock me, but I think you're right. I think no one is calling for Jimmy to be benched yet. All right. That's four weeks in Daniel. You have any parting thoughts as we wrap up? today's episode Niners fans if you are someone who who just waits for for week one and and enjoys football throughout the season and watches Niners but don't pay attention to kind of the the preseason or the offseason workouts I encourage you make this your year it's exciting with having Trey Lance and seeing him and Jimmy G work together it's exciting to see who makes the roster and who doesn't and kind of the camp battles and seeing who kind of gets in the work where um, hop in right now, hop into what's going on. You know, we might not get to watch hard knocks of the Niners, but there's still plenty of other things that you get to watch um, about the Niners and it's exciting stuff, but we, we agree that we cannot wait for week one as well. Yeah, it's coming. Um, thanks for tuning in everybody. We'll be back in two weeks. I'm not sure what we'll do other than we'll wrap up with breaking down the next four weeks of the 49ers schedule. So as always, thank you for tuning into the 49ers unrestricted podcast and we will see you soon.